Hello, everybody. Mike Stokes, Wild Alive. Today, I'd like to talk about balance and health and success. And I've been struggling a bit lately on the topics that I record about. And the reason that I've been struggling is because I've been dealing with a health issue. Uh, I have an undiagnosed heart condition, which is painful um, and difficult to sleep. And I've always prided myself as being very health conscious and intelligent um, and able to discern good information from bad and to effectively make good decisions and control my emotional reactionary decisions. And whenever I'm not feeling well, physically, I question my ability to know anything that's useful for other people period. And I'm, I'm in the sauna right now because that's where I do my best, clearest thinking outside of my ego. And right now it's 157 degrees. I was sitting up on the bench, but now I'm actually sitting on the floor because it's hotter than I think I've ever done. Um, and I took an extra niacin to flush out my system. I took a thousand milligrams, which is really high and uh, some nitric oxide booster, L-arginine, which will flush and open your system. And I'm drinking MSM, which will also flush and open your system. So um, so my system is pretty raw and open at the moment. And what I've noticed is, is that over the years as I've done this practice, is that clear thinking doesn't really occur until, um, well, I'm about 48 minutes in right now, until about 45 minutes. Um, actually, I don't think I'm 48 minutes in. I think I'm more like 30 minutes in, but it was so hot that it's, I feel like I've cleared something out. So bear with me. I, I hope that that setup wasn't too long and I didn't lose too many of you. But what I think is important for, um, those of us on the path of, you know, the highest human potential, personal success combined with making the world a better place. Um, which is really what all of my stuff is about. Um, I think that we all must struggle from time to time with um, times when we feel like we're not um, capable of doing great things or of helping other people because we ourselves feel weak or um injured or um, out of sorts. So, are you guys going to hang out on the deck? It's kind of hard. I can't focus if you are. So 
Um, I don't know if I should leave that in, but that was my wife and daughter, and they were on the deck, and I could hear their voices in the background. Um, and so uh, myself and many people are easily distracted by uh, outside circumstances. And so what I've learned is that for me to do my best work, I really need quiet. Uh, there's a wonderful book called Deep Work. Um, which talks about how much more effective you can be when you shut out the world and focus on your work at hand. Um, and there's another one. I forgot to turn off the um, notification button. So now I'm turning off the notification button. So uh, I, I guess I'm just going to leave all that in because I think it's a real-time example of how we deal with distractions. Um, you know, I love my family. I want them to be near me, but it's just not productive at some times. Um, so there's a time and place for everything. Um, so the the core of what had me start this conversation is this idea that came to me around commitment, in which I was thinking of the things that I'm truly committed to, um, such as my relationship and um, my self-sufficient homestead property and um, those are really the two things that I'm committed to everything else is a bit um, fluctuating and there's uh, a power in commitment and that power uh, is that you know when we don't have commitment our mind will take us away from things and this is there's a lot of scientific evidence behind that all you got to do is a search for um, options, uh, the psychology of options and how you have more options. And when you have more options, you're less satisfied in life. So in a way, it's it's critical that you find things to commit to. But then comes sort of the crux of what I want to talk about. So you could commit to being a member of ISIS, which obviously I don't recommend. Um, but that commitment, here's the rub, that commitment is going to give you an energy and a power and a focus that you wouldn't have otherwise. So the challenge for those of us on the path of truth and uh, enlightenment and um, doing what's right for the world and other species and the ecosystem as a whole, uh, the planetary uh, biome as a whole, for us, it's important to find a commitment that leaves open the possibilities for open-mindedness. And, and there's no hard and fast rules. I wish I could give you a hard and fast rule. Um, there's just an evolution. I think the more that you commit to things and work inside of them and see the benefits and the drawbacks, the better. Um, and inside of that commitment, so this is the weird part. So the, the other part about this this conversation, which is going to be difficult for me to describe uh, and to accept and for some people to get, is that there's always a dark side. There's always a dark side to everything you're doing. You know, if you commit 100% to the um, saving the ecosystem uh, of the biome of planet Earth, there 
is going to be unintended consequences of that inside of your life and inside of uh, your ecosystem, inside of your family. Um, and there's just all kinds of unintended consequences around that. Um, I recently watched that movie with George Clooney where we destroy the environment and his um, spoiler alert. Uh, no, I won't. Get, I won't spoil it. Anyways, he uh, was working so much that he lost track with his family. That's a bit of a spoiler, I guess. Spoiler alert, there's a little bit of spoilering in there. So, you know, family's important. None of us are going to um, say that family's not important. But at the same time, what you're doing is important, too. So you have to make a choice. And I guess that's sort of an underlying uh, idea here is... You know, this talk is not for people who've already chosen their, um, and I'm going to say dogmatic, their dogmatic worldview, because you don't get to be open-minded and dogmatic at the same time. A lot of people who are dogmatic believe that they're open-minded, but that's just a false, it's a false belief. And the dogmatism goes from both sides. It goes on the the um, progressive side, it goes on the conservative side, um, it goes on every side. You know, I don't want to say like there's two sides because there's not two sides, but uh, the way the world has been um, us versus them for so many eons, uh, it seems that the easiest place for us to go is to take sides. So back to the main point. The main point is that you have to find a balance um, and how to find that balance. I guess I'm going to try to find some ways right now that will help you find that balance. The balance between committing and keeping an open mind. Um, so the first thing that comes to mind is practice. So if you commit to a daily practice of mindfulness, of breathing, of meditation, of health, um, if you commit to a, um, a, a regimen that is uh, evidence-based, uh, then you're going to be open to uh, manipulating your practice as evidence change. So that's a great question. That's a great idea there. I've written in some other uh, material and recordings about feedback. So you want to be tuned into the feedback loop. You want to structure your commitment such that the feedback loop will allow them to change. So for example, in the morning I have a, now I have a morning practice, um, which most of my life I've struggled with instituting a morning practice. I've been on for years and then off for years, and, and now I'm on. Um, and my morning practice is very simple. I basically just sit down and allow myself to do what, what I'm called to do. And currently what I'm doing is I'm doing some pranayama, uh, box breathing, and I'm also doing some uh, diving breath holds, and I'm also doing some um, yoga practices that uh, when I was a teacher I learned many years ago. And But none of that is mandatory. It's all sort of, um, not sort of, but it's all... Just my, my, my commitment to myself is to sit down or to stand up and do a practice in the morning. Um, I've also committed to not to being a non-drinker. Um, that was a huge one for me. I drank alcohol for um, since I was 15 years old. Is that right? 15. My first drink was at 13. At uh, 15 was when I really started drinking. And then I quit a couple of times. Um, I actually quit for two years once and for three years once, but I never actually addressed the identity around um, quitting. And so now I have. 
uh, and I have created a new identity. Um, so this is going to be a really packed conversation. So try to follow along. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe you're having an easy time following along. I'm going to move a little bit into other realms than the one that's the stated above. So I apologize if this is going off of what you wanted to hear. Uh, but I'm trying to stay true to the thread of information that I'm receiving, which if I break it, it won't work. Um, that's just my methodology of bringing the stuff up that I know really works. So... Um, uh, along that line of going in a different direction, we, we, you need to know what works for you. And you've got to tailor your practices and your work around things that work rather than trying to fix what doesn't work. I've said that many, many other times, um, but it bears repeating right there. Um, the, the next thing I was going to say, which I started to say before, is that feedback Reading the feedback is really the best way to design a practice and to design a life. So currently, I'm uh, my latest mind-expanding work that I'm doing is uh, reading and doing the exercises in designing your life by a couple of Stanford professors. Um, you can look it up. So really, um, first chapter is kind of slow, but the material in it is is really good and, and powerful. Um, so in that pursuit, uh, I've been designing practices and um, work uh, and other basically practices and work activities. And the thing that's critical when you're doing design work uh, and when you're trying to optimize yourself in your effectiveness and your health and your vitality and your happiness is to have good feedback loops. So for me, I started wearing a whoop um, uh, over a year. I don't know. It's been 14 months now, I think. And that feedback loop of what is happening with my um, overall wellness uh, and fitness has totally transformed the way that I relate to my body and to my mind. Um, so that's a form of feedback. Um, you don't need to use that. I mean, you could you could track um, how well your stools are. I actually am a strong proponent of that. Um, if your stools smell like compost and are coming out easy and regularly um, and, you know, banana shape and size, uh, well, you're doing good. Um, if they're not, well, then you need to change something up. So currently I'm experimenting with um, dietary changes, uh, supplement changes, uh, routine changes. And the, the thing that I'm trying to say, it's a difficult thing to say for me right now. Maybe I'll get better at it in the future is that inside of the commitment, you need to make a commitment. So I made a commitment to the daily practice. So there's a daily practice that I'm doing. Um, and then I'm reading the feedback. Um, I'm likely going to get a muse and start checking my meditative state in my brain. A muse is a headband which you wear um, that uh, reads whether you've gone into meditative brainwaves or not. Um, so, so the the idea that I'm trying to get across here, rather clumsily, I might add, is that you need to commit to things that are that have variability built into them but won't have you jettison the commitment 
So long, long-term relationship is a, is a great example. Um, so I'm committed to my partnership. And when things don't work, uh, I look for solutions. Um, and, you know, I, I, in, that wasn't always the case. When things weren't working, sometimes I would exit in my mind. Um, and I don't do that anymore. And when you do that, that's what John Gottman calls that. Um, uh, that's the main thing. In if you're not familiar with John Gottman's work, he and his wife, um, which is I'm, I apologize, but it's escaping. Her name is escaping me right now. I think it might be Julia. I'm not sure. Um, but the the point is is that if you give yourself an out of something, then you never really accomplish what you're setting out to accomplish. So where we run into trouble is where we make we either don't make enough commitments or we make too many. And we make the wrong kinds of commitments. So that's really what this talk is about. Um, for those of you who have the wherewithal to listen through all of the my process of getting to how this works, I thank you very much because I wish I could just say the point and have it done. But usually information comes to me slowly and sideways. And I think for many of us, it probably happens that way if we slow down and pay enough attention and are on a growth trajectory. The point that I'm making is is make the right commitments. So start by experimenting with commitments. But there's the rub. The rub is, is if that you don't dig in deep enough to the commitment then you're never going to really get what the commitment can yield. You know, so if you're going to be um, a socially responsible investor, well, then you need to dig into that. And you need to, what what they say in the Design Your Life book, you need to create some prototypes so that they're not going to, if you fail, that it's not going to destroy you. Um, so, so the challenge is, is what to commit to that's not going to destroy you. So there's what I like to call red line activities and people and red line activities are dangerous. Um, and so you just want to avoid those at all costs. Um, the rest of them are subject to interpretation. And let me see if I can give you a good example. So in my relationship, my relationship works, works now better than it ever has before because there's no back door for me. Um, now if all of a sudden, you know, um, my partner were to become something that was beyond the red line, you know, she was an axe murderer or some other thing that was clearly not within my value structure, um, then I'm going to, uh, you know, then we're, we're going to part ways. But, you know, that's, I don't foresee that happening. I'm not worried about that. But what I'm saying is, is that it, it's, it's in order to, to get somewhere, you have to commit. So when you pick your partner, you got to pick your partner, with extreme caution, you know, really listen to not your thoughts or you got to do one of the things that I've said about picking a partner, which worked for me. Uh, and I think would work for most people is you got to be in a good place in your life. You got to have worked through your negativities and be, um, riding in a, a just a really happy, good zone in your life. Um, and that's when your partner's going to come to you. That's going to be the, the awesome partner who's going to help you. Um, get to the highest heights that you want to get. Now, here's the rub. If you, when you go into a dark place, you're going to start thinking that, you know, your partner's got the problems in your relationship. And that doesn't just go for your partner. That's everything. Everything in life is when you get into a dark place, you blame it on the circumstances around you. We all do it. 
some more than others. So the point is, is that commitment will keep the darkness at bay. It will, actually, it won't keep the darkness at bay, but it will, um, as long as you take a solution-oriented approach to your life, um, it won't consume you and it won't sabotage you. So that's another um, big thing that I'm talking about here is when you lack commitment, then you self-sabotage because you bounce from one thing to another when the commitment does, when the things get tough, um, when they're not going the direction that you, uh, that feels right to you. So you need to, Figure out what, let me just say it a different way. When you're, pick an area that you want to work on. And in that area, think of three ways that you can achieve your goal. Let's say you want to have $10,000 worth of passive income. You could do that via rental properties. You could do that via um, uh, YouTube channel, uh, or you could do that via writing ebooks. So let's say those are kind of things that I've thought of in my life. Um, so the point is, is that to commit to something in a experimental way, but to stick with it. If it aligns with your values, your mission, and your purpose. So you really have to be clear about those things. Some people are just unconsciously clear about those things. Other people, like me, need to work on it. So you need to write down your values, your mission, and your purpose. And then the other thing is you have to, you have to be really clear, um, on what you, what, what gives you energy, um, and joy and engagement. Um, and, and you need to follow, Joseph Campbell would call it following your bliss, but that's just a little too vague for me. Um, you, you need to really get tuned in to what energizes you, what engages you. Um, and what brings you joy. And that's where you should spend your life if you're committed to having everything, if you're committed to having a great life and being a force for positive change in the world. The world. So the, the bottom line is commitment. So I would say the simplest place to start is to commit to a daily practice. You commit to a daily practice, and then from there... When you find that you're in your clearest state, then you start experimenting with other practices. I don't know. Sometimes life is just so intense and taking you in so many different directions. That's why a short daily practice is the best place to start, because then you'll start to have a little bit of opening around what you can commit yourself to. So I also want to say it this way. There's, there's no true progress without commitment. But then again, there's no true commitment that is right. So it is truly like the Tao says, the yin and the yang are two sides of the same thing. Inside of commitment is total lack of commitment and just uh, flakiness. And 
inside of flakiness is total commitment. Um, so you have to ride the balance between the two of those things in order to achieve the highest state of awareness and joy and passion uh, and effectiveness. Now, I do have to say that you can be very effective in a business sense or in a results sense and ignore all the factors that I'm talking about. But you won't have what I, I think I'm going to call, you know, wise commitment. You won't have a wisdom driving your commitment. Um, I've always loved um, sci-fi movies and um, uh, fantasy movies. And um, one of the things that I think is really powerful is the Council of Elders. Um, the Council of Elders is awesome, o- often seen in sci-fi and fantasy as a, as a negative force, but sometimes they're seen as a positive force. Um, so in that, in that idea that, you know, right now you could equate, um, modern culture with that of, um, sort of an angsty teenager who wants everything. Um, and we're running to the end of that era. We, it's just unsustainable. It won't, um, culturally and psychologically, um, humans will have to evolve or, um, you know, be partially or fully wiped out. Um, and I know that's a big statement, uh, but if you really step back and look at all of the data about people and the progress, and, and, and that's the direction it's heading. It's only when real danger gets straight in our face that, that everybody changes. Um, um, but that is also to say, I, I don't want to leave you on a negative note, the more people pick up the mantle of wisdom, um, especially interpersonal and ecological wisdom, uh, then the, we do have hope to create a better future for, um, life and for our children and grandchildren. Um, so what I'm saying is, is find, maybe this is the best way to say it. Commit to the most intelligent thing that you think you can commit to. And when I say intelligent, I really mean wise. What is the wisest thing that you can commit to? Um, experiment with all the other stuff, but commit to the wisest thing that you can commit to. And if in a year or five years or 10 years, you realize that um, that commitment is no longer serving you, well, then do an assessment in your best state of mind and commit again to something else that is equal, that is more wise than the last thing that you committed to. Uh, there's a wonderful saying in which, you know, when you commit to something, the world opens up. Doors open up, opportunities open up. Um, it's in that eternal waffling that um, doors close. And that's when you hear someone who complains or if you're complaining yourself um, or in the areas where you're complaining, um, there's no commitment. Um, there has to be commitment. Commitment overpowers complaint. And commitment is the source of miracles. You know, a, uh, a Christian, a, 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 a Muslim, um, you name the religion that's out there. Uh, the commitment to the religion is what enables those people to see the miraculous. Now, I have a different way of looking at the um, the, um, the 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 origin story of the earth and the and the world and the universe is much more oriented around the current science. But miracles happen inside 
of a strong commitment, whatever your commitment is. So choose a small wisdom-based commitment. Talk to your friends. Talk to the wisest person that you know, the person that has the kind of results that are long-term, filled with vitality, um, or if you don't have anybody like that in your life, well, then look out in the world. Um, you know, use Instagram or the Internet. Find that person that you can follow who has not what entertains you, but what um, what what grounds you in the wisest approach you can find in life. I really hope that was useful. Please, please, please. Send me some feedback. Let me know what you think of this talk. Let me know how I can make it better. Um, I'll take your feedback and I'll combine it with my process. And I truly will try to make it better and more useful for you. Have a wonderful day.